I want to continue to minister to you about keys to divine health or keys to divine healing. We've kind of gotten into that, uh, spent a couple sessions on it. And uh, I, I just, something about healing, it's, one of the, it's really the thing that helped me get into the message of faith and, under, and opened me up to some of these things. And my body's different today because of the truth about healing. Amen. Of course, my whole life, but, but, but uh, I've experienced these things in my life. And healing, I'm telling you, I don't care what the situation is. Healing is for you because God's for you. And, and there's no such thing as separating God from his desire to heal. He, he's as much a healer and, and healing is as much a part of who he is as barking is as much part of a, what, who a dog is. Huh? You don't say, well, I have a dog, but he doesn't bark. He just meows. You don't have a dog. You have a cat. You may have a cat in a dog's body. I don't know. Uh, that's probably a doctrine somewhere, but not here. Praise the Lord. But it, 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 there's no such thing as God won't heal me. Well, you don't, you don't know God then. You don't know the real, the real God. He's a healer. He's a healer. What scripture did I turn you to, tell you to go to? Well, then go to Hebrews 12, because that's been our jumping off point. That's not a very elo eloquent or elegant way to say it. How about we say our golden text or something like that? <laughs> jumping off. Well, it has been that. It's been our springboard text. Amen. Hebrews 12. Are you there? And all that we've done in this service so far does not count against my preaching time. Do we all agree? Okay. You wouldn't want me to shortchange you on this part. Amen. I mean, you're getting two for the price of one. And the price for the one's not too bad. Verse 12, Hebrews 12, verse 12 says, therefore, lift your drooping hands. Who's supposed to do that? We are. And strengthen your weak knees. Who's this talking to? you and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame. Now, this is what we want to get to. What is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. If you if you have something that's lame and it goes a negative direction, it would end up out of joint. Do we agree? But if you have something that's lame and it goes a positive direction, it's healed. Do you see here that the scripture is, is, is showing us that there are two potential outcomes mm -hmm. of a physical situation, mm -hmm. right? right? If you have something that's lame, if you have something that's hurting, if you have something that's not right, it can go, it can go the negative direction. And if it goes negative enough for long enough, we'll see you over on the other side, right? right? right. But it can, listen, anything that can get worse can get better. The Bible said, let it be healed. Why would he tell us that if it couldn't be healed? Huh? He'd be unjust to say, let it be healed. He'd be unjust to say, lift it up, strengthen it. And all he's saying is do your part and he'll do his part. Amen. Healing is yours. Let it be healed. Amen. 
And, and listen, I understand. I've been there. Had situations, you know, of course, if you're a faith person, if you don't have a situation in your body, you'll have a situation in some part of your life that will speak to you and say, we ain't changing. We ain't moving. This will never, ever, ever change. There is no such thing if you understand God. Amen. 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 Because the Bible says that if you can believe all Things are all things, all things, all things, nothing excluded. All things are possible. What's possible mean? See, you guys weren't weren't young enough. But when my son and daughter, especially my son, when he was real little and they came out with a show called Bob the Builder and Bob the Builder had a mantra. And it was, uh, people would ask, can we build it? Do you have grandkids, anybody? Yes, we can. can. See, Bob the Builder understood the law of faith, that with God all things are possible. Can can we fix it? Maybe you don't know Bob the Builder. Do you remember, we used to call him the million dollar man, the bionic man. And do you remember the introduction to that show? We can, we can fix it. We can, he can make them stronger. Yeah. Faster. Uh-huh. I mean, you almost hear the organ in the back. Uh-huh. We can make them better. And they show them. <laughs> but listen, with faith, all things are possible. And if the Bible says, don't let it go out of joint, out of commission, out of order. Let it be healed. That means it can happen. Don't fuss with me. Don't argue with me. I'll take you out behind the building, smack you, and then pray for you and watch it happen on you. Praise the Lord. Amen. But the point where the thing that we really notice in this scripture is this. The Bible says, let it be healed, but it also puts the focus on, on the fact that you and I have some responsibilities. We have a part to play in this. We have a side to fulfill. And, and listen, friends, your, your part can't be fulfilled by God. It isn't going to be fulfilled by God. Amen. Yet wrong thinking will think, well, if he wants me well, he'll do it. He's already done it. He's already done his side. I don't say this, I, I don't preach this strong out of judgment on people, but out of compassion and a, and a desire to help people. I may not spend all night with them if I, if I needed to. If somebody was open. Amen. It's just so easy to think wrong about these things. You have a part to play. And so that's why we called it keys. Because the keys are on our side. Amen. You get in, you get in your vehicle. You cannot just sit there saying, I know there's an engine in there. Uh, why doesn't it take me home? Because the engine doesn't have the keys. The engine does parts that you can't do. Amen. Because you ain't in Flintstones where you're pedaling it with your feet. Amen. You need that thing to run, right? But who operates the keys? We do. And so there's keys to divine healing. Well, we're going to look at the fourth one tonight, but the first one was this, the word of God. Amen. The second one we talked about was the faith of God. The third one we mentioned, which would have been last time we were here. Anybody remember? It was the love of God. The love of God. I'll tell you right now, if you're not going to treat people right, enjoy being unwell. You've got to treat people right. Amen. 
Love to get an amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to talk about this fourth key tonight, and, and it's the will of God. The will of God. And here's what I do not mean, because we already talked, when we talked about the faith of God, we explained this, that uh, faith begins where the will of God is known and revealed. And so we're not talking about God's will for your healing. We spoke about that already. We're talking about another aspect of the will of God, and that is you and I being in the will of God for our lives. Are you clear on that? We've already, you might have missed it if you weren't here, but we've already talked about it's God's will. So we're not talking about whether he wants to or not. That, the Bible has settled that once and for all. If he didn't want to, he shouldn't have included it in our redemption. Amen. Amen. He, he wants to more than most people want it. We're talking about the will of God, each of us being in the will of God for our lives. You know, when you are in the perfect will of God, and we'll explain what that means in a second, but there is a flow of life to you <laughs> that just, it blesses every part of you, including your body. Amen. When somebody is out of the will of God, uh, that is disobedience to him. Disobedience is sin. Romans 6 verse 23 says that the wages of sin is death. There is such a thing as the law of sin and death. Romans 8 verse 2 talks about the law of sin and death, meaning that there's, if I could use this phrase, I think I heard Brother uh, Kenneth Copeland preach on this years ago. There's the death cycle, meaning you can get the death flow. That might be a way I'd like to say it better. That you can get in a, you can get a, in a flow, the death flow, where you, you don't start out dying, but you start out. You're, first of all, you're separated because of being out of the will of God, because of sin. You're separated from the, the, from the plan of God. You're separated from the flow of God. And you're, you're just experiencing the cycle that the world's in. And it's not the life cycle, it's the death cycle. So there is the law of sin and death, but there's also the law of the spirit of life. Yes. In Christ. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And of course, we know that the Lord wants that law of life working in you. But when you, get, when you or I, if we are out of the will of God, then we are separated from that flow of life. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right. And, and the law of sin and death, the wages of sin is death. death, meaning that death begins to work in you. And what that does is you open yourself up to the enemy who is, who is really the, the author of sin and death. Amen. You open yourself up to sickness. Praise the Lord. It is tremendously important that you and I be in the will of God. I'd like you to go to Exodus chapter 15. And if you need to pinch yourself to stay awake, why then pinch yourself? And we'll sleep later. How's that? Do we agree already that it's important to be in the will of God? Do we agree that if you are out of the will of God, you you have opened yourself up to the the law of sin and death to be working in you? Right. Right. But in the but in the will of God, there is a flow of life. 
How many, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, how many, if it's not today, uh, which I hope it is today, but how many can say that you know at least some time in your life, hopefully it's now, that you have been in the perfect will of God? Yes. You've experienced it. Yes. Everybody? Hallelujah. Everybody. So do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> Being in the God flow. There is nothing like it. There is nothing like it. It is the, it is the good life. Praise the Lord. In Exodus 15, and down in the 26th verse, most of you are familiar with this, but we, we just love to read it. It says, the Lord says, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in His eyes, and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put, the Hebrew actually reads permit or allow. I will allow none, everybody say none. None, none of the diseases on you that I put or permit or allow on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, your healer. The Lord, the Lord here told Israel, he said, guys, I am your healer and not a single one of the diseases in Egypt. Egypt in the Bible symbolizes the world system. Right. If you didn't know that, now you know. It's symbolic or it's a type of the world system. And so we could say it this way. None of the diseases out there in the world will come near us. That's what the Lord said to them, to them didn't he? One translation says, I, the Lord, make you immune. I, the Lord, make you immune. I have immunity. But do you notice that this is also conditional? It all started out with if. If. If you listen to the voice of the Lord. That would certainly include his voice as he's revealed it in his word, wouldn't it? But how many know what he's told you to do in your life? What he said, hey, this is my will for you. Might not have, you, you might not have heard it audibly. A lot of times you don't hear it audibly. If somebody is always talking about what the Lord has said to them audibly, I have issues. I have issues. And at the very least, we need to rephrase some things. <laughs> at the very most, we might need to cast out. Some, I don't know. Anyhow, but, at the very least, we might need to say it different. You know, I, you'll notice this, that with Pastor Amy and I, you very rarely hear us say, the Lord said this, the Lord said that. There are times he speaks to us, and that's when we reserve that for. When he really said it. But, but there, how many know this too? Every single day we are led on the inside by the witness. And so we'll often say, it seems like such and such. I, I seem to be led in this direction. I'm sensing this. Well, see, that's every day. That's every day. Does that help you? Praise the Lord. Y'all are receiving really good tonight. So I'm already away from my notes. But what I'm saying, what's he told you, what's he led you to? That's his will for your life. The Bible gives us the general will of God for every believer. But there are specifics for your life that are, that are the same as nobody else's life, just exactly. Right? right. right? right. 
And so when we're talking about being in the will of God, we're talking about, number one, what he said, listening to what he said and doing what he said. So when we talk about the will of God, we're talking about what he said in his word and what he's led you to do in your life. His will for your life. How many know you have to do it if you want to be well? If with Israel, if they did it, they, got, they were immune. Mm-hmm. They were protected. Yeah. They were kept from sickness and disease. Yes. What, and the Lord said, listen, I will be the Lord, your healer. That was a covenant name. Yeah. You know, Jehovah Rapha. Yes. The Lord, your healer. Amen. Wonderful. Great news. Yeah. If. If you do the if. Yeah. If you do the if. He's the Lord, your healer, and you'll be immune. What if you don't do the if? You are a wall out of the will of the Lord. <laughs> Away from the will of the Lord. A, a, you don't, figure that, don't even try to figure that out. You know what I mean. Away from the will of the Lord. A wall. <laughs> You're away. What does it mean to be away? You're, you're, not, you're not under that protection. You're not under that covenant. You got out. Right? Can you see how important it is? <laughs> Listen, because everybody, everybody gets a hold of that last part. I'm the Lord, your healer. He's the Lord, my healer. If. If. Now, from his perspective, yes, he is eternally the Lord, our healer. Right. Because, I mean, nobody, I don't care. I don't care how many radio stations or TV stations they're on and how many copies of their book they're about to sell when it comes out in a week. Nobody has the right to say Jehovah Rapha is no longer the Jehovah Rapha. Nobody has the right to say, I am the Lord that used to heal thee. Or I was the Lord you healed. You can't take I am and make them I was. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you own the TV station. You can't do it. Can't do it. You have no right. He, he always was. He always will be. And he right now is the Lord our healer. Hallelujah. He's able to keep every believer Free from sickness and free from disease yes. if, if, if the believer does what's right, does the word, does his will. Now, when we talk about the will of God, there's a couple things that includes. When we're talking about the specific will of God, we're talking about this. You got to be in the right place. You got to be in the place he wants you to be. You, secondly, you have to be with the right people. The right associations, if you want to be in the will of God. And then third, you need to be doing the right thing. You need to be doing what he told you to do. And you really need to have all of those to be in the will of God. Because you can be in the right place with the right people, doing the wrong thing, and you open yourself up. Right? You can be doing the right thing with the right people in the wrong place. Hmm? And what would be the other one? You could be doing the right thing in the right place with the wrong people. <laughs> well, how many, you know, we won't take testimonies. I mean, how many have ever been with the wrong person and wanted to do the right thing, but because of who you've joined yourself to, you experienced some of the curse because of that. It wasn't God's, you know, okay, whatever. Amen. 
right place, right thing, right folks. Hmm? How many know that out of the local church is out of the will of God? Now, I want, I want to make it clear, these keys we're talking about and these being in the will of God, we're talking about Christians, why Christians, what Christians need to do to stay well, and then what happens to Christians. Because we understand the whole world that's not a believer, they're all out of the will of the Lord. But, they, but listen, God wasn't talking to the unbeliever when He said, I'm the Lord, your healer. That, he was talking to his people. That was, this was for covenant people. So you wonder why sometimes, how come the sinner down the street or next door never seems to have any problems? And, I, and the Christians I know are the sickest people I know. The devil's not particularly interested in attacking his own. He's already got them. Praise the Lord. Let me give you an illustration, may I, of right place, right people, right thing. And, uh, you know, there was uh, many years where I was traveling with Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. And uh, if you don't like me referring to Brother Hagan, you're going to either have to get over it or move or find somebody else. Because when I find somebody, when I find somebody, and I'll talk a lot about Dr. Dufresne too, I'll, you know, always have. Because I just find the people that are succeeding the most. That's my secret to success. Find out who's not failing. Follow the, the, follow the ones who aren't failing. <laughs> so I'm traveling with Brother Hagen, A good person to be traveling with. I know I was in the right place. Traveling with just some of the best companions. His crusade team that we were together. With some of the best people that one could have. But do you know I was out of the will of God during that time? Could you be out of the will of God traveling with the prophet on the road? I was out of the will of God because I wasn't completely doing the right thing. That's part of it, wasn't it? Hmm? I was actually doing what I was hired to do. But do you know that God expected some other things of me other than what I was officially hired to do? And I wasn't doing that part. I wasn't bringing my supply. God expected me when I was on the road with Brother Hagin, God expected me to give full heed to the anointing that I was sitting under and bring a spiritual supply to him. And I wasn't at the beginning. No, now this was at the beginning. And glory to God, oh, I made that adjustment. But, but boy, did I start having some physical problems. I mean, God attacked in my body. I mean, uh, you know, if you listen to the doctors, I wouldn't be standing here today. I might be sitting today in front of you, but wouldn't be standing today. I mean, had some major, major things happen. And uh, you might say, well, how do you know this was the issue? I asked the Lord (laughs) and he told me. I wrote it down. He was so clear in speaking to me. Mm -hmm. The reason you're having problems in your body is because you're not giving, you're not esteeming who I put you with. You're not, you're not taking your place like you ought to be. Told me. You can, be, you can be in the will of God naturally, but out of the will of God spiritually. You're in the right place. You're doing the right thing naturally, but you're not bringing the spiritual side to it. Oh, this is, this is good sheep food tonight, man. This is, 
This will keep you safe. This will keep you in the will of glory to God. Woo, if I get excited, which way do we run? And just not through the windows. One of the reasons why I was missing out on, on one part of my assignment, the spiritual part, was because I was giving so much attention to the natural part. My natural assignment was to be a, a music arranger, a music producer. In, in the circles that we were in, the different churches, ain't nobody had any decent music that I could hear. And I mean, I was, you know, some of you that know me know that I had, I had and hopefully still have some skill in that area. And I'm, I'm just from the natural. God never said this was my assignment in life. But from the natural, I said, here's the need. Here's the skill. Uh, this, this is, you know, square peg, square hole. Right. This fits. This is what I'll do. And I gave all my time to that. Do you know? I can't believe it today. But do you know? That in the seven years I traveled with Brother Hagen, there were three or four meetings I didn't even go on because I was working on music projects. So, I mean, you know, big recording projects. And yeah, there were deadlines and stuff like that. But I'm thinking today, you idiot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I went on several dozen. Yeah. These are two-week meetings, two-week crusades. Right. But I mean, I can think right now, I didn't go to Longmont, Colorado in 95. I didn't go on that meeting. I didn't go to the Nashville. Well, I did show up for one night at the Nashville meeting. Uh, I didn't go to Darrow, Louisiana. I can think of a couple. I didn't, I didn't go to these. And I'm thinking, you dummy. Because right now, I, I could give a rip about the recording project. I would, how many know one more meeting? I would be there. If Brother Hagen came back and did one more crusade. I'd be there. <laughs> I, I'd be there. But you see, yeah. And, and listen, I, was, I had the opportunity to go to a mall. That's why, that's why it's wrong that I didn't. You know what I mean? Well, then with Dr. Dufresne and, and, and with brother, once, even once I left Brother Hagen, I was out on my own. Well, I didn't go to everything then because we were starting a church, right? And then with Dr. Dufresne, I didn't go to everything, but I went to all the ones I was supposed to. We all, yeah, we always look down. Lord, are you leading me to go to this? And I mean, how much money did we spend to get there? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. And you know where a lot of it came from, the money? Your tithes and offerings. <laughs> we took it right, bless God, we took that right out of the general fund and bought our tickets, bought our hotel room and rented us a nice car. Yes, we did. To go, because that's who had benefited anyhow. We got, we got impartations and we brought them back. I'm talking about in years past. You understand that. Amen. And if, and if the church couldn't send us, we'd send us. Amen. And there's times we just charged it. Needed to be there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, and one of the reasons I got so in such physical trouble was because I actually was overworking on the natural side of what I was called to do. I, um, you know, I was doing these music projects. They were big projects, sure enough. And I was kind of new at this kind of thing. And, and I thought, well, I don't want any chance that something's not going to get done on time. So I would just, you know, I would just bang the hours out and really messed me up by pushing myself way too hard. Out of the will of God when you do that overworking. Are you listening to me? Yes. If you overwork, you can push yourself too hard. 
One thing about God is he is such a God of balance. The more I go, the more I see it in him. I mean, he is balance, balance, balance. And I found out sometimes that the most spiritual thing you could do is take a nap. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you do is take a vacation. Oh, years ago, are you kidding me? Did, I thought that was carnal. I thought that was wrong. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. You cannot act immortal when you are not. Amen. We, some of the ministers who were used so tremendously in, in the different miracle flows like we've been talking about on Sunday, not just one of them, but bunches of them, wore themselves to pieces preaching. Greatest healing ministries ever to walk on earth couldn't get out of bed for months at a time. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's right. Not the best testimony in the world. No. But they didn't know when to stop. That's where I'm so glad I got with Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen early on did the same dumb thing I did. So I'm in good company. And, and he got in trouble. He pushed himself too hard. And he told the Lord, he said, the longest day I live, I will never do that again. And he said, there have been times we're right in the middle of the healing line. I'll say, I'm sorry. I got to obey God. Good night. Goodbye. Turn it over. Let somebody close out the service. Well, where's the compassion for all those precious people in the healing? Well, somebody came and finished out the line. It wasn't Brother Hagen, which made some people mad. But we got to see him another day. Amen. Amen. You know, would you turn to Philippians 2? Are you doing all right tonight? You have a few more minutes? I'm going to need them. And, you know, I, it's wonderful when you're not the only one to ever do something dumb. It's even better when somebody in the Bible did it. But then you ought to listen to the one in the Bible that did it. And you don't have to do it. Praise God. You know, you could talk about something else here, too, which, I, which I'll only very briefly mention, and that is this. The answer for financial problems is not always more hours and more hours and more hours. That's right. That's right. That's right. So it's supply. It's divine supply that you need. It's not more hours. If God leads you to do the hours, then that's one thing. If he doesn't, what are you? Out of the will of God. Well, I'm going to tithe on that money. Well, you're smart too, but you're out on your own. Out of the will is out on your own. Oh, my Lord. Out of the will is out on your own. I like to go down each row with a two by four and drive it in you really good. You know what I mean? Out of the will is out, of, out on your own. I'm going to stay in. I'm staying in. Well, Philippians 2, there's a, a fellow who, my Lord, we honor him for what he did. But we also learn from his mistake. And his name is Epaphroditus. And in verse 25 of Philippians 2, Paul was writing. Paul goes into some very, very personal things here. And he says, I've thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, pardon me, and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. For he's been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. 
Epaphroditus got sick. Can an apostle of God get sick? You might say, well, is he, was he apostle? Well, he, he said, you're messenger. It's the word apostolos. It's the word for apostle. But anyhow, I don't know that. But either way, he was a man of God. Verse 27, indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. Don't criticize. Honor them. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Ouch. Ouch. Paul was so great at these subtle, (laughs) these subtle little hints. You guys weren't doing any. You guys weren't bringing your supply. So Epaphroditus was doing it all. So that Paul didn't have to leave what Paul was called to. And Epaphroditus, guys, he's just pulling every shift. We made a determination when we uh, began pastoring in New York that we were not going to let people serve in every single area of the Ministry of Helps at one time. You can learn every single area, but we weren't going to we were not going to ruin anybody else's family. For this church. Right. Amen. Yes. We're not going to wear you out and make you ruin other parts of your life. Amen. So, you know, you're just led. And, and some people did a lot. and We, we, we preach it. But then there was other things. Uh, Pastor, can I do this? I said, I'll get somebody else to do that. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. You can train them. But I, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Praise the Lord. This is great wisdom, even if it is coming through me. <laughs> Would you listen to this verse in the Weist translation? Listen to this. Listen. Uh, This is verse 30, the last verse that we just read. It says, Because on account of the work of Christ, he drew near to death, having recklessly exposed his life in order that he might supply that which was lacking in your service to me. He recklessly exposed his life. You're not immortal. The most anointed person you know is not immortal. Matter of fact, the more anointed you are, the more it takes out of you physically. And the more you need to guard your rest and guard the rest of your life. That's why people who walk in, 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 high, in great measures of anointing, they have, God sends other people to serve them. And, and unknowledgeable people get the wrong idea and think, oh, well, he's, he just thinks he's something by having these people serve him. It's necessary for them to operate where they're at. Amen. I know that, you know, as we've increased and we have increased in these areas, there's certain things where the Lord's dealt with me. This, you, you don't need to be messing with that anymore. Believe for somebody to help or, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Get your son to do it. <laughs> Get your daughter to do it. You don't need to be doing that stuff. Like you, it was okay at one time. It was okay at one time. But we're protecting something now. Do you have time for me to go to one more scripture? It's 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Talking about how one of the keys to divine health, living in divine health, the will of God, being in the will of God. Do you see what a key it is? Overworking, exposing your life. 
he was, here's, here's a point that we don't want to neglect to make. He was doing the right thing. He was doing it with the right person. He was doing it in the right place, but he was overdoing it. He was going beyond the limits of what he was supposed to be doing. Amen. Just people think, well, just because I got one of the components of being in the will of God, just because, let's just say, for instance, I'm in the church that God's called me to, I'm, I'm safe. It's more than one component to this thing. Hmm? Who are you hanging out with when you leave? You know what I mean? Are you bringing your supply? Oh, well, here's another one. Well, I'm, I don't like that church anymore because of what that pastor said. And I know he was talking about me. He had to have been talking about me. So I'm just going to do what I do here at another church and God will honor it because, I'm, because at least I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You ain't in the right place. Well, I'm not going to come to those services, but I'll, send, I'll, I'll, I'll give an offering. That might work with the Godfather, but it doesn't work with Father God. You can't just pay him off. And just because you texted or emailed or told somebody, I'm not going to be there, does not mean that God released you from being there. Doesn't mean he didn't release you, but it doesn't automatically. Right. Amen. We're just kind of trying to clear up some wrong thinking here. So people, people think, well, I'll, I'll let him know I'm not coming. Who says that makes that's honorable? Right. But that doesn't mean God excused you. And how do you know if you're supposed to be somewhere? Did the, did the Lord lead the pastors to schedule it? then that's usually your, that's your cue. God would have to tell you, no, I got you to do something else today. And he normally doesn't do that. Okay. What am I doing? I should let the pastor deal with these things. Let you get mad at her. Now, 1 Corinthians 11, if we left without talking about this, we'd really be leaving the biggest part of this off. 1 Corinthians 11, friends, is the one and only place in the New Testament that really tells Christians why they have problems with sickness and disease. This is, this is the place, and it's the last place anybody goes to when preaching on healing, usually. In our years of ministry, almost every person that we encountered with problems, which most people don't come to a church when, they're, when everything's going right, they wait till their life's about to fall apart. And then they'll show up or then they'll call and let you know, you know, we're having trouble. I've all, it's always been a head scratcher why people wait just before going to the divorce court. Then we'll then we'll tell the pastor we might need some help. Well, thank you very much for for giving us the wonderful opportunity of you got this thing 99 percent dead. And you're now you're going to ask us to resurrect it. Come soon. We, the, there's a ministerial association that I belong to. Well, it's, it's the Rhema Ministerial Association that I have my credentials, ministerial credentials through. And, and I just, uh, in one sense, it's very sad to have to say this. Another sense, it's, it's almost funny. But the director of them, the director said to all of the members, he said, 
please get us involved early if you're having an affair rather than later. Because mm-hmm. we can't help you. Once it's too far once it's gone. Once it's all gone. You hate, you hate, and, and, and of course 95% of the people in there are just wonderful, but you have all kinds and people yeah. can get, yeah. I don't care who you are, if you let your guard down, you yeah. can get in trouble. If I let my guard down, I can get in that kind of trouble. I've purposed not to. I've done, tried to build my whole life so that that doesn't happen. Amen. Amen. And if it happens, it's completely my fault, but it ain't going to. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 11. All right. Just wanted to get you time to get there. Uh, Jeezy wheezy. Verse 17 says, In the following instructions, I do not commend you. Because when you come together, it's not for the better, but for the worse. One translation says it does more harm than good when you come together. Oh we're coming together tonight. Is this doing harm or good? good. Oh, we're in better shape than the Corinthians. <laughs> For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part. For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. Not talking about getting drunk in the spirit. No. Talking about getting drunk in church. Yeah. Talking about bringing your food into the service. Right. And, and taking, because you didn't want to pull away from the TV or wake up on time. So you bring your meal with you to the service. So when the minister's ministering, you're going to go ahead and eat during the service. Mm-hmm. Do you know people do that today? Oh, yes, yeah. Do you know churches do that today? They encourage it. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I've, I went to a church, preached there not too long ago, and ain't nobody's coming in with a Bible because you got breakfast, you got sausage biscuits in this hand and coffee in this hand coming into the service. <laughs> trying to trying to get some anointing in there. And the guy's sitting there with his untucked shirt, slurping, belching. I mean, just how are you supposed to get? So Paul, but listen, we're in good company. Paul had to deal with the same stuff. And so verse 22, he says, what? The message said, I can't believe it. The message Bible. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God? Now, I want you to notice that right there. Despise the church of God. Despise is the opposite of the word honor. You dishonor, and all it means is you're not seeing the church right. You're not seeing these things right. Smile, everybody. I'm only sort of beating you up. Verse 23. Uh, Well, I'm sorry, it goes on. You humiliate those who have nothing. What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Everybody say, my body. body. Which is for you. Say that for you. you. What's the first thing we said? My body for you. My body for you. But what, before he said that, what did he do? He gave thanks and he did what? So could we say this? My body broken for you. Say it with me, guys. My body broken for you. 
Now visualize it if you haven't already. Because Jesus is talking about himself here. My body. Broken for you. One more time. My body. Broken for you. Oh my Lord, that's precious. And the revelation of that will, will explode in you. He said, this is my body. He took the bread, broke it. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, when you do this, it's supposed to remind you, help you remember something. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You might say, what does this have to do with with being in the will of God and healing everything? I'm finishing up here. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. What's that mean, guys? What's unworthy mean? He went on. Did you notice we read two sections of scripture right here? They're both talking about the same thing. They're both talking about the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. They're ta- but each passage was talking about a different aspect of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. The one was talking about everybody coming together. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys aren't even, you guys are despising the house of God because when you come together, you, they, were, they were being inconsiderate to one another. They weren't, they weren't treating things right. That's talking about the body of Christ, meaning the whole church. Do you see it? Do you see it? But in the next passage, he goes on to talk about the body, my body, broken for you. That's not talking about the church. That's talking about his physical body being broken. Two different aspects of the body of Christ. And he says, if you don't, he says, when you, t- when you receive the Lord's Supper... It's supposed to remind you of the body of Christ. And he said, if you eat and drink in an unworthy manner, you'll be guilty. In other words, you'll be accountable. Let me just go on here and get the the rest of this. Whoever eats or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, he'll be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. Then... Then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup for whoever eats and drinks without discerning the body. Do you see that? Eats and drinks judgment on himself. Verse 30. That is why other translations say this is the reason why many of you are weak and ill or sick and some have died prematurely. What's the reason why many are weak? What's the reason why many are sick? How come so many Christians die early? This is the only place in the the New Testament where it gives the reason. It's because they did not discern the body. And because they didn't discern the body, they opened themselves up to judgment. I, I really should preach several weeks on this. I'm just trying to close it up, put it in a little package for you tonight to take with you. Doggy bag. Discerning the Lord's body. That's the reason. What's it mean to discern? It means to see things right. 
there are two aspects, and, and the passages we already looked at illustrate the two ways you have to discern or see the Lord's body. Friends, if you want to be well, number one, you have to understand and discern that His body was broken for you. His body for your body. His body bore the curse. Your body can, bear, can receive the healing. It was an exchange. He took, he took our infirmities, bare our sicknesses. By His wounds, we're healed. You have to see that. that that's one aspect of discerning the body of the Lord. Because Christians do not see that. How many know a lot of Christians don't see that? Because they don't. That's the reason why they're sick, weak, and, and don't make it their full length of days. But that's only one aspect of the body of Christ. I believe the bigger issue, and the reason I say it's bigger, because if you go on reading, it continues along that line of the body of Christ being the church. Christians fail to discern or see their place in the body of Christ. They fail to see the place of others that God's connected them to in the body of Christ. They fail to bring their supply. We were talking about the will of God. Huh? Right place, right people, doing the right thing. That's really what this is talking about here. Christians don't see they, they, they don't see their place like they ought to see it. Right. How many know that's true? Yes. There's all kind of people. They'll, they'll get up and leave their place and think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. Pull their whole family out of the place that God's put them. Think nothing of it. Right. Right. Don't look at me like you're mad at me. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Other churches go longer. Than, I was at a church last week. <laughs> the service was five hours long. <laughs> My part was one hour. Get over it. I'm, I'll have you out of here in like 10, okay? You've got to be in the place you're supposed to be in, in the body. You've got you to re- relate rightly to others in the body if you want to be in the will of God. You've got to bring your supply. Discerning the body of Christ. Do you see that other aspect of it? I began telling you earlier, all the people that we've encountered over the years that have had trouble, and like I said, many do, because people usually come to the church then. Remember I said that? Never finished it. In every case, almost without exception, sometimes they they never did come to the church. Sometimes they they just call one a council over the phone, which we didn't really do that much. But, but, but they get in touch, email. Sometimes they come to the church one time, give you one shot. If you can't fix it, then in every case, in every case, they would tell me what their problem was. Mm-hmm. And in every case, whether it was my wife or myself talking to them, we said what they think their problem is, is not what their problem is. In every case, they, had, they thought they had body problems with their physical body. No, they had body problems in the body of Christ. In every, I mean, almost every case, it wasn't always a physical thing they were going through. It might have been a marriage thing, might have been children, might have been money, might have been physical. But particularly physical because the Bible says this is the reason why so many, isn't that wonderful revelation that we know what the reason is? Do, do you see that this ought to be the first place we look? This might not be the only cause. But it ought to be the first place we look because it says this is the reason why. 
And I'm telling you, with, even if I didn't know that verse, we would know from experience. Because in every case, it was always, they're, they're not in their place in the body of Christ. Most of the time, here's what it was. Who, what church you go to? Don't have one. Who's your pastor? Don't have one. That, that is the reason for all the rest of the problems you're having. Jesus said, without a shepherd, the sheep are going to faint and be scattered and not make it. And here you are not making it, and you cannot put that together. Because we try and tell them. We try and tell them, here's what the problem is. And in every, every single case, we now don't know that we ever helped one of them. In every single case, like, well, t- I know what my problem is. If you're such an expert on what your problem is, why do you still have your problem? I want to live well. If you want to live well along with me, we've got to, along with the other keys, we have to be in the will of God for our life. And I'll tell you, partially in the will of God will get you partially blessed. But being full in the will of God will help you enjoy the full blessing to, to where you know. I say this with hesitation because people who are just starting out in these things, uh, they're, they're not going to be held to the same standard. You know what I mean? But you, can, you get to the standard where you know if something comes against you, 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 you can look down and say, wait a second, wait a second, Lord, help me. Help me because this is not normal abundant life for me and and we know you didn't miss it show me if we show me if a door got open and and i'll just again i can't talk about everybody because because god will require different things at different stages but over the last many many years of of my life there's not been a time that i know of where we've gotten where i've experienced sickness to where i wasn't able to go to the lord and say what's what's the cause and he could show me the, the door got open there Shut the door. Keep out the devil. (laughs) Amen. Have you been helped tonight?